Hi, and welcome to the UMA Academy podcast, where I, Dr. Yanni van Lochem, have the honor to talk to the top of the world of aesthetic medicine and can pick their brains on the latest insights and most interesting developments. Hey guys, and welcome back. I am here together with Dr. Ting Song Lim. We are in Malaysia. Yeah. And we are at actually at your conference, right? Yes, AMSE. Uh, so at... Thank you for coming. This is great. We it's it's a platform, a place where we all get to meet again, have lots of fun, learn from each other. There's a lot of things that we can do together. Yeah. So you've invited me a few times before this. Yes. Right? Yes. And I uh, thank you for always coming. <laughs> yeah. You will never say no. It's always coming. Thank yeah, you so much. Yeah. For yeah. It. And it's it's not just for you, but it's also for me because I really love to be in this part of the world. Oh, thank you. And I love to be in KL. I actually, I actually have uh, have worked in KL when I was a student. I was uh, doing my rotations here in the general yeah, you hospital. Yeah, before. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> neurosurgery. And you know what? The the funny thing was, I've indulged in so many cultural explorations mm-hmm. back when I was there, and all the times that I came back. But yesterday right. was the first time that I actually went to SS2. Oh yeah, that's where where we are. Yeah, yeah. No. Oh, really? No, yeah, I, my th- clinic's there. I, ah, your clinic is, I see. The durian store that yes. you went, yes. it's just across the street from the clinic. <laughs> so we are now in Kuala Lumpur in the high season of the durian. Yes. Yes. So, so I, I, my, my eyes were opened up to a whole culture of durian. I thought, you know, it was just a fruit. But right. apparently it's like, you can compare it to French cheese. It's not just a brie. Right. It's not just a camembert. Right. There's this goat cheese. There's all these different flavors of cheese. And the same goes for different species of durian. So yes. we, we had this whole evening of durian tasting. <laughs> <laughs> it's like a wine tasting, <laughs> yes. but in, in uh, using f- uh, yeah, fruits. Did you enjoy it? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I really enjoy the, the rich culture that you guys have here in, Thank in you. Malaysia. Yeah. I think there's a lot of sim- similar, uh, similarity uh, in, in Dutch culture. And uh, yesterday, because I was talking to Farid as well, I think there's a lot of things. We embrace a lot of uh, multi-culture, mixing around, mm-hmm. looking into exploration. And, and I think people are nice. Generally, you open up. Like, mm-hmm. we, we just embrace everything. Yes. <laughs> cool. Yeah, so uh, thanks, thanks for, for getting me over here. And it's really a pleasure to, to be talking to you and to kind of like pick your brain on, yeah, on the what, pleasure is mine and the pleasure is mine yeah and and to to get to know a little bit about you know your take on on what what is what is happening right now because mm-hmm. this is such a young medical specialty and we're you know developing in different directions but exactly. what 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 are you working on currently and what do you think is the most interesting development in this period of time yeah I think I think there's a few things that we're looking at I think regenerative medicine has come back in terms of there's a lot of things that we are using in terms of uh, regeneration for the skin especially mm-hmm. uh, of course I know you're big with calcium hydroxyapatite and now people are looking into using calcium hydroxyapatite not only for biostimulation but also bioregeneration mm-hmm. but we also know that uh, in this part of the world especially in Malaysia is one of the first country to actually legalize using stem cells in a controlled way mm-hmm. and we also see the the uptake of exosomes as the new phase of um, taking the the uh, the 
extracellular vesicles to work almost like stem cells to heal the tissues. And then there's a huge drive of using polynucleotides mm. to help in terms of improving cell function and also improving that. And on top of that, what is really interesting is now we are not only looking at lights and lasers and energy-based devices, there's a huge drive of using bioresonance therapy where we use uh, electromagnetic waves. We know the first wave that came in was for muscles, but now there's a huge wave that works on tissue recovery using bioresonance that we have, haven't really seen in Paul. I know that a lot of uh, uh, bioresonance using certain waves for certain treatments, but it wasn't be as big as we uh, as right now, because now we are looking into that to to improve scars, improve cell functions, and there's a device that we are looking into that actually can you can pick up a certain uh, areas of the body that's going through inflammation. And it's, it actually gives you a biofeedback mm -hmm. and tells you in a waveform and you can use waves to target that area by sinking the, the waves of the cells and the tissues and that is amazing and I think now there's more signs to it. It used to be so voodoo. We always mm -hmm. think that this is something like, <laughs> yeah. what's going on? Yeah. But I think there's also a linkage towards what's going on in... Um, old Europe treatments where they actually use waves before and the same in, in, in this part of the world we call it the qi mm -hmm. where you actually in traditional Chinese medicine mm -hmm. we actually look at qi and how to improve the qi is like the energy Ting Song <laughs> this, this is amazing what you're just saying to me yeah. <laughs> no, I, I, I don't want to stop you right, but, right. But, 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 but I hear like four different topics that, right. that we could discuss right. to like a very, very long end yes. in high detail. Mm -hmm. You're talking about stem cells, yes. exosomes, right. polynucleotides, right. and now bioresonance. Yes. All right. Let's touch on all these four subjects a little bit and, and just and maybe, maybe just kind of like the summary sure. of, of where we are. Right and where we were going and, and what the potential is because this is so inspiring. All right, thank you. So I think stem cells, we are still uh, looking, we know there's a lot of publications on case reports, how people use stem cells to heal mm -hmm. uh, like uh, if certain uh, damaged tissues or certain inflammation, uh, people use it for Parkinson disease, uh, dementia, they use on uh, sort of uh, cardiac infarcts uh, or stroke where there's uh, active uh, inflammation, but they're also looking into restoring the function. But what we've seen so far is once uh, the scar is formed, uh, uh, especially a scar that has been long formed, mm -hmm. it's harder to treat rather than uh, an active infarct or uh, some damage that's ongoing. Mm -hmm. So what we're seeing with stem cells right now is to sort of slow down some of the inflammation and sort of reverse some of the damage that is ongoing. But when it's, a, it's a, like a scar that is already done, it's very hard to use stem cells to repair it. But I think we are still in the very early stage of doing stem cells. So mm -hmm. I think that's potential. But currently, I think we are still limited to that. Exosomes is very interesting because um, it actually derives from a study that was comparing stem cells to its medium mm -hmm. and realizing that the medium works better than the stem cells itself. Cells, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so we are looking at something that is a small component. And I think for a lot of manufacturers that uh, they were looking at stem cells 
exosomes is easier to produce where you can actually uh, put into a valve, uh, sort of uh, liberalize it, in, and you can actually sort of uh, transport. Just like we, when we mm. have uh, our, our toxin that actually, when it's a powder form, mm -hmm. that especially when you don't have a complex in protein, mm -hmm. you can store it easily. Same thing, the exosome can be done as, uh, as well. So the exosomes don't have to be frozen at minus 80 or anything? Exactly. And it doesn't have to, but when you constitute it after that, of course, the, the lifespan will drop. Mm -hmm. Same like stems, but the problem comparing to stem cells where the minute you uh, sort of uh, thaw it mm -hmm. is where the, the efficacy drops. Mm -hmm. And the longer you wait, the efficacy sort of drops so tremendously. So you it becomes you inject it, basically. Yes, you mm -hmm. have to use it Im immediately after. So the, the exosomes mm -hmm. that you can buy from a company, mm -hmm. What kind of cells produce these exosomes? So I think currently there are used, uh, a lot of uh, different studies and different um, sort of institute. Uh, it's not only produced by companies. We also know that certain uh, universities or uh, higher institute also are working on these kind of projects. Mm -hmm. And what they use mainly are mesenchymal cells. Mm -hmm. uh, we also look into, just now we heard about the amniotic uh, 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 cells, embryonic cells. Uh, embryonic cells. We also know that there's using uh, fibroblast cells, that uh, fibroblasts to kind of work on that, uh, which is um, uh, what we've seen or we heard earlier. But I think right now, um, a lot of exosomes are mainly based on human cells, but we also have a limitation because when you're using human cells, there's a lot of legal issues that's ongoing, there's a lot of ethical issues that is involved. So um, we are still in, in this gray zone, mm -hmm. and, and there's always a fear that who's coming and say that this is uh, illegal to use, like what we've seen in the past when there were uh, such a big driver using placenta mm -hmm. at one time, yeah, and now they, it's fully banned. So we are, we are in this area where we don't know where, when and who's gonna mm -hmm. push that button and say no more using this. But at the same time, I think um, the, the industry has grown so much that there are more signs behind all this, but we just have to find good data and mm -hmm. combine them. And I think, again, just like stem cells, so, we are so new into this, I, I think we are just the beginning we, and the tip of the iceberg of the whole thing. So, mm -hmm. um, it's exciting, but also at the same time, there's so many questions that we need to ask. Yeah, so most of the people that are talking about exosomes are not talking about injecting the exosomes. Right. They're actually saying, let's put them topical on top of the skin, you know, and then do some microneedling or something on right. top. So, so if, you, if you talk about, let's say, the perfect moment for exosome treatment, mm -hmm. right, the, the idea also with the exosomes is that you need to have a signal right. coming from a damaged tissue, right? right. So the, the, more, the more acute damage, like you said, you know, mm -hmm. if you wait too long with a scar, it won't work with the stem cells. Right. Similar thing could be said about exosomes, right? Right. The, the interesting about exosomes that they see is that a lot of times when these uh, extracellular vesicles, when they work with cells, there, there were a lot of stimulation in terms of fibroblasts. Mm -hmm. There were a lot of stimulation in building elastin. Somehow, it sort of repaired the extracellular matrix. Because a lot of times when we talk about skin, it was a, it's the microenvironment inside the skin that is uh, going wear and tear. And even it, it, 
it doesn't went through a very uh, inflamed state, which we, we will talk about uh, when damages that you can immediately see. But I think there's a lot of uh, changes in the extracellular vest, uh, matrix that needed to be actually repaired. And what, what we're seeing is with, um, with these exosomes, you don't even need the cells to be inflamed or uh, having mm -hmm. a lot of uh, 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 problems and because there's already wear and tear that the microenvironment is slightly on the toxic side mm -hmm. and when you actually apply exosomes into it it actually improves the microenvironment and immediately the cells gets better especially in the dermal epidermal junction where we normally see where because it's the extracellular matrix itself mm -hmm. and that's where a lot of repairs tends to happen mm -hmm. especially in countries like in Malaysia yeah. where you get a lot of UV radiation so let's say hypothetically speaking, right? right? Hypothetically speaking. Right. Um, if you consider the aging process as a pathological process yeah. where there's, you know, degeneration of organs and tissues. Right. Would you say that it would make sense to do like an annual infusion, an intravenous infusion of exosomes? Well, intravenous uh, infusion of exosomes is still very gray because that is something that I think um, there's a lot of debates whether um, this will kind of lead to a certain things, just like how we look into stem cells. Um, and also the efficacy. things? Like, um, so um, whether the signals will actually trigger, like mm -hmm. what we will look into stem cells, there will always this debate that what if we are feeding the tumor mm -hmm. cells? Mm -hmm. And um, I think exosomes, because it's extracellular vesicles, that we don't know these signals will bring us to certain cells to promote uh, mm -hmm. growth for certain cells that we don't want to have. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, we, what we've seen so far with the data is that a lot of skin improves. People who are using exosome on the scalp uh, seems to uh, improve a lot of hair growth at the same, especially with alopecia and also the darkening of, uh, of the hair. Uh, mm -hmm. the, the pigmentation of the hair and we have also seen those who actually uh, inject exosomes into the knee joints mm -hmm. seems to have cartilages repair that we haven't seen before and these are exciting things but case by case studies mm -hmm. there's no comparative studies yeah. that put us and say that this is exact science but definitely a lot can be done but I think sometimes we limit ourselves because it's a ethical issues mm -hmm. we refrain people from doing aggressive uh, treatments to compare this kind of results so mm -hmm. a lot of things are swiped under the carpet and we don't know what's going on we don't talk about it we don't publish about yeah. it yeah so um, that yeah it's, it's, that's why it's so exciting to yes. be you know, imagining where we're going with these exactly these, like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. it's like magic <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yes exactly and I think, I think one of the things that we see right now is um, there are more exposures and uh, there's lo lots more inflammation exchange these days that uh, we hope that one day, uh, if, if we have enough data and everybody sits down together and brings this the data to the table, mm -hmm. maybe we have something that changes how we treat and actually manage our patients. That could and be. One day we might not be able to grow older anymore. <laughs> we might freeze our. Uh, and one of the things uh, we hope for is that um, 
improving of quality of life. Mm -hmm. yeah, Absolutely. You know. Yeah. You don't want to grow old, like yeah. Dr. Neve Kordov said in the previous interview. You don't want to grow very old being incontinent in a nursing home. Exactly. Right? You want to be healthy. Yes. Mm -hmm. Yes. And that's where I think most of us are jumping into it. Just trying to see how we can actually um, improve and, and retain certain mm -hmm. function mm -hmm. of the cells and tissues and organs so that uh, with time, we don't have a lot of debilitating uh, disease that actually makes us dysfunction and mm -hmm. loss quality of life. And probably stem cells and exosomes will have a place in treating age-related, you know, yes. degenerative processes. Yes, mm -hmm. and so will be polynucleotides is another game changer that we see. Even though it has been used a lot in knee joints, mm -hmm. uh, it has been used a lot on uh, skin. And but we are starting to see how they are using polynucleotides. Yes. So the nucleotides are the elements A, T, C, G of DNA, exactly. right? So the polynucleotides are small fragments of like this. like a change, yes, like genetic mi material. Yes, micro change yeah. of this of DNA or RNA. Right? Uh, yeah, genetic materials. Yeah. So why I look into polynucleotides is not signal, not so much the signaling, not so much of cells, but we are actually giving spare parts to the cells to be able to repair itself. But, but isn't it true that inside the exosomes, we right. can also find small fragments of you know, nucleotide chains? Exactly. Mm -hmm. So in, in comparison, where stem cells have a lot of different things in there, mm -hmm. and also exosomes, because there's, we don't know what kind of signals in, in embedded in these uh, uh, vesicles, uh, polynucleotide is straightforward. It's just the spare parts. So basically, it's just supplying cells because as we age, one of the things is we do get rid of the, the um, this bases and also the sugar bone of, of the nucleotides. So what will happen is we get less and less of the spare parts. Mm -hmm. And by, in, by giving these polynucleotides, or sometimes people use the shorter change, which is the PDRN, um, it sort of helps the cells to... Uh, maintain to have all these fresh spare parts that they can continue to use. So does it mean that you need the nucleotides either for, for cell division or for messenger RNA production? Exactly. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So it's, it's like giving the fundamental um, mm -hmm. sort of uh, mm -hmm. materials for them to use, raw materials for them to use. Yeah. And this is something that I think uh, would be another very interesting thing to, to mm -hmm. observe. Mm -hmm. But unfortunately, I think right now we are still very early. I know that the skin quality changes with polynucleotides is uh -huh. uh, absolutely amazing. I've seen a lot of great changes with it. I know it has been used a lot of with orthopedics in terms of uh, uh, knee joints. Uh, and then there are a lot of doctors who will practice PDR and injections uh, intramuscularly. And it seems to help in terms of slowing down the wear and tear of the tissues hmm. uh, and that is something very interesting because I think in the long term we do have a lot of options mm -hmm. to kind of slow down the whole process of aging and wear and tear of the tissues. So do you think the mechanism of action of these polynucleotides is more the availability of you know producing messenger RNA in order to produce pr protein mm -hmm. or do you think that they have uh, a signaling function as well? I think it's more raw material at the moment. Building um, blocks. Building blocks, yes. Okay, yeah. <coughs> but one of the things that I find it very interesting is when they actually inject into the skin, it sort of serves as um, 
matrix for um, the building of collagen and mm-hmm. elastin, and mm-hmm. that we haven't. It's something very interesting that we we observe. Mm-hmm. <coughs> so that brings us to the last topic, and that is um, coming out of the, uh, or actually maybe even bringing together uh, traditional Chinese medicine with uh, with with we- bio Western. Resonance. Yes, yeah, bio yes. resonance. Can you tell me a little bit about <coughs> how that works? Yes. <coughs> In the old Chinese um, medicine, they believe that even in Japan and, and in, in this part of the world, that they think that a person's energy does come from somewhere and they name it Qi. And Qi seems to be an energy flow that kind of uh, help a person to uh, be energetic enough to kind of do certain things and it also it, it creates the aura of a person and when they find that when the chi is low that means when the energy is running out of battery um, a person will get sick easily there's more wear and tear uh, and they go through degeneration mm-hmm. um, and um, we know acupuncture sort of work on in the way that you find the source so there are certain knots that are connected to the chi and when you find to these knots and actually helps to revive the chi you actually help them to fight um, the disease and actually repair and uh, induce repair in the body so it, it always sounds a bit voodoo to uh, all of us who study western medicine because this is not any and we don't get this in uh, Western medicine at all. So it sounded very voodoo-ish. But somehow, in lots of ways, in culturally-wise, um, as, as a Chinese-Malaysian, we kind of embrace a little bit when we say that, oh, you are sick, we say you are low in qi. Mm-hmm. And there, there are certain food or certain drinks that helps you to help you to boost up your energy a little mm-hmm. bit. And this has been actually embedded in our culture. And lately, we started to see this reviving. And I, I know in, in certain part of Europe, like maybe Germany or maybe even in, in uh, Netherlands, they actually do use this energy in a very old practice in the traditional, maybe way before where, where we have this new Western, uh, scientific Western medicine coming in. And it's as actually, um, there's a device that actually looks into putting this energy by creating these kind of waves into the body mm-hmm. to start healing. And there's another company in Italy that use this energy to opens up the sodium potassium pump mm. of the skin. Mm-hmm. And it seems to improve the micro environment inside the skin. And there are also uh, biopsy done that when you actually induce these kind of waves. Are you, are you, when you say waves, you, do you mean electromagnetic waves? Yes. Okay. Yes. Yeah. And what happened is they see repair in terms of the basement membrane, thickening of the basement membrane mm. of the skin, which is something interesting. Mm. And what I've seen when they actually start treating satellite with this particular device, it, the, the results are amazing. The before and after, I was like, wow. Um, I never thought a waves can do such a thing. Mm-hmm. This seems impressive. But frankly speaking, uh, I'm still very new with this device. There's two devices I'm talking about. One is to treat the skin and the other one is to t- treat the whole body. Mm-hmm. 
I've, I've actually seen on this um, uh, device before. So what they did was um, they start scanning me with this device and picked up certain signals mm -hmm. from the body mm -hmm. and they choose the top three where um, the, the signaling that saying that is crying for help or low in energy. And the treatment was supposed to actually go on certain wavelengths to actually work on this energy. And I did feel much better when I so, do it. So this machine does yeah. not only like measure the waves, but yeah. it can also do send the waves. Yes. Or do, you, or do you do then the acupuncture? It's not acupuncture. It's no, no. Uh, the, it's it also sends the waves. And, waves. Okay. Mm -hmm. uh, and it is kind of voodoo-ish built mm -hmm. to me, <laughs> but I'm, I, I'm thinking if it works, and I know some of the practitioners, I, I um, actually tomorrow, I invited one of the Thai doctors who has been working on this device for some time, mm -hmm. and I'm really eager to hear what she can share about using this device and, and to do healing. What is the name of this device? This uh, device is called Onda Med. Onda as in wave, uh -huh. medicine. Uh -huh. Onda Med. Yeah. Uh -huh. And the other one that's working on scars is called Biowan, it's from Italy. And they seems to have quite a good studies done in terms of biopsy with using this wave, uh, helping with scar tissues, cellulites, and also helping in terms of reversing uh, signs of aging. And I think um, even though this is very new, I think this could be a new waves of uh, something that we can open our eyes to new things because um, this this is a new era of exploration. Amazing, wow. amazing. <laughs> there's, there's one thing that, that you may also be interested in, and that is shockwave therapy. Yes. With the shockwave therapy, you can also create angiogenesis, this whole uh, anti-inflammatory property, and a micro environment can also be... Yes, and yeah. tissue remodeling. Yeah. I'm actually using it. Ah. I'm using the one that comes uh, shockwave together with the synchronized RF. I and that, that is actually one of the things that we, we find it very interesting as well. Yeah, so we are entering a field mm. in the realm of aesthetic medicine mm. that is way beyond botulinum neurotoxin and fillers and, and biostimulatory products. We, we're talking about the whole regenerative aesthetic right. revolution. Yes. <laughs> and we're exciting, excited, very excited about it because now we, we, we now realize the world is so big and we actually are just the beginning. Just at the ah. beginning. <laughs> <laughs> Amazing. What an inspirational interview, man. So thank you so much. Thank you so much for sharing your passion and sharing your knowledge and, uh, and your insights. Thank you so much, Yanni. It's always great to see you. You are inspirational to me as well. <laughs> <laughs> All right, man. Thank All right, you. Thank you.